You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. One for hitting the trail. One for catching a wave. One where this happened. Yo, where'd our tent go? Another where the fish get bigger. Every time you tell the story. Some spots, you made your mark. Others, marked you. And one, okay, let's stay away from that one. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With best-in-class standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. Comparison based on 2022 Frontier S versus latest in-market Ward small truck segment. Base models compared based on manufacturer's website. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Three, two, one. This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts. Dan Wolfenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another episode of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolfenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Golden Road Brewery, Bet US, Tick Pick, and Charger Bolt family. If this is your first time tuning into this show, you make sure to hit that like and subscribe button as you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify or Apple iTunes. Dan Wolfenstein, the Combine has officially begun. We are in the thick of draft season. It was a hell of a day one with the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends, obviously with the wide receivers headlining the show today. And in particular, as we're continuing our positional positional breakdowns as we get closer to the NFL draft, wide receiver is going to be a point of emphasis for the Chargers, whether Mike Williams stays, whether he goes, but there's not going to be a shortage of choices that the Chargers are going to have in this particular wide receiver class. No. Uh, welcome to Chargers Unleashed, Jake. Uh, for folks who are watching, yes, my eyes look like they've been crying because I have been crying. I've been laughing so hard at the outtakes before we got to this intro. But here we are. Here we are. We're trying to get through this one in one take. Um, you're right, Jake. Chargers A need help of wide receiver, regardless of what happens to Mike Williams. And B, this wide receiving class is bananas it's giving me a headache already i in in a good way i think going going into the combine i think i had my top 10 list i thought and some of them may have been surprises and then today happened and Mm -hmm. absolutely blew it all to hell Mm -hmm. um so on today's episode the goal here is for us to get through our top five receivers again asterisk for the Chargers specifically. And then after the top five, we're kind of going to go into and the rest of the guys because there are so many here that it's really just kind of pick your poison. Which flavor of the week are you wanting? And there's so many guys and guys balled out today at the Combine. So, Jake, let's set the stage. Okay. Chargers wide receiving core 2021 for the most part, productivity-wise, look at its statistics. 
did pretty good. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both thousand yard receivers, ton of volume. But if you start to kind of peel back the onion a little bit, after them, it got a little shaky and got a little light real quick. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone would agree the Chargers need depth at wide receiver, but specifically they need speed. They need yards after the catch, run after the catch. Like they need that big playability because quite honestly, as good as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and crew are, the only speed guy that we had on our team was Jalen Guyton. And we don't even know if he's going to be on the team next year. So we have no idea, but we do know that this team needs more athleticism on offense and probably more speed more than anything else. And so insert 2022 NFL wide receiver class. And damn, dude. Like, if you're if you're Tom Telesco, Jake, if you're Brandon Staley, right? And you assess, if you look at our wide receiving core and what Justin Herbert is, when you think of, okay, who is the ideal archetype for this offense? Like, picture a receiver, not a name, but just like, what are the traits that this receiver perfect scenario has that completely transforms this offense? You're talking traits, not, not, not physical a person. Measurements. Traits, I mean, measurements, you, doesn't matter, but we're not talking about specific people yet. I, I mean, you said it. I mean, it, the, there is such a, plethora of guys here doesn't even matter if we're talking size because you have some guys here that are six two burners that have the yak that you're looking for or you have guys that are shorter than that at 510 that do the exact same thing it's so the common denominator here is as you said dan it's speed it's yards after the catch both mike williams and keenan allen unfortunately just they don't give you that on a consistent basis. Even as good as Keenan Allen is as a route runner, the yak isn't there. Mike Williams isn't the fastest type of player to stretch the field. He's has his speed, but it's not the next level speed that you need to contend with some of these teams out there. And the yak might be a little bit better for him, but there's just a different element. And, and as you said, the closest that you maybe had to it is Jalen Guyton. But from that wide receiver three position, it's now beyond the fact to say teams just don't need a solid wide receiver one or a solid wide receiver two nowadays. You got to go deep into your weapons if you're looking to contend with some of these guys like Kansas City and Buffalo and the elite of the AFC class. So in this circumstance, Dan, I look at it. You asked me if I was Tom Telesco and looking at these guys. Number one, if I'm Tom Telesco, I ask myself, you'd really have to try to screw this up (laughs) with all of the selections you have with all of these guys. I mean, you really would have to intentionally try to screw this draft pickup as far as who you're going to be selecting, because we've got slides on 18 guys today. And this draft class is just ridiculously deep. Dan and I were giving ourselves a headache just before we even came on here because Our top five looks very different from one another's, as I'm sure it's going to look different from anybody else's. Daniel Jeremiah probably said it best that there is, there's no Julio Jones. There's no Calvin Austin in this draft class. The consensus of this wide receiver. There is a Calvin Austin. There is a Calvin Austin. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, sorry. Megatron. Calvin <laughs> Johnson. Sorry. Calvin Johnson. You're right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. No Julio. No Calvin Johnson. So the consensus of this top five or just how you would rank this entire class in its entirety is going to be so different. And the crazy part about it is we're talking micro chasms here that are just making the littlest bit of difference. So even the ranking that Dan and I are going to go to through our top five, God, just for me, five through three, it's a very, very small difference. I mean, we're talking, you might as well just label them one, two, and then three, a three B three C that's really how it, it should be looked at in this circumstance. So this is going to be a chore to, to say the least. It is. Well, let's get into it, Jake. Uh, so we're going to start this thing off again, five through one for each of us. And then we're going to go ahead and get into kind of the rest of the guys. And again, this is probably going to be a bit longer, but that's because of the sheer volume of quality at the wide receiver position this year. And I was watching this draft. I was watching the combine, excuse me. And it felt like everyone was flying. And I know we got some of the 40 times that were updated, so they weren't as fast as we thought. But still... That was a disappointment. But still, there were a ton of dudes who were absolutely flying that I think surprised some folks. Uh, Some of them made it into our top five. Some of them did not. Some of them are going to be in the, uh, let's call it, honorable mentions, so to speak. So without further ado, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, I believe this is my number five. I don't, is he on your list? He he's on my list. He's not ranked where you have him ranked, but yes, he's on the on the overall list. Okay, so my number five is probably the smoothest wide receiver in my opinion in this entire draft class, Jahan Dodson from Penn State. Now he's not going to blow you away with like his crazy speed. Although, hey, four four three isn't chump change. That's pretty dang good. 5'11", like, isn't the tallest dude. But in terms of production and in terms of just how effortless he makes receiving footballs look, the guy, in my opinion, is the smoothest wide receiver by far in this class. And he reminds me a lot, Jake, of a DeAndre Hopkins archetype where he sucks in anything that gets near him. So... I have him, I don't necessarily know if he's like the perfect fit for the Chargers specifically, but the talent is so good that you can't deny that he's in the top five list, in my opinion. 91 receptions, almost 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns last season alone. Good size hands, nine and a half inches. And again, like I don't necessarily think you can find a player as smooth as him or has as good a hands at Jahan Dotson. So number five for me, Jahan Dotson. That's a great selection, Dan. Honestly, it is. And and again, this is just going to come into the headache and the migraine that has been on me for the majority of this afternoon. Uh, but Jahan Dotson, I really like what I, I see from Jahan Dotson. Another measurable is that you didn't happen to see there on the graphic that Dan had was that uh, he gave, put in a 36-inch vert and a 10-1-inch broad jump today. But what I like about Jahan Dotson, Dan, as you mentioned, not the biggest guy. He did actually end up measuring in a bit smaller than what we all previously had thought. Uh, but he plays inside-outside. His 
his route running is very crisp. Watch the double move that he puts on the defenders against the game in Michigan earlier this year. And you want body control. You want ball skills. You know the highlight I'm talking about, the one-handed grab against Ohio State. I mean, it just <laughs> – it's – it's nuts when you see some of the plays that he makes, but more importantly, how easily it looks for him when he's out there. He's just, he's effortless at creating separation. Um, and in terms of yak goes an element that the chargers are looking for, he can definitely give you that. Now, Jake, the first controversial pick that's very different from Dan and I's top five list. <laughs> Jake has number five, Ohio State's own Chris Olave. Jake, I'll let you take the floor. Perfect. All right. So you're not going to have to go far to figure out what Chris Olave's best traits is. It's the speed. And what we've been talking about for the first 10 minutes for the, what the Chargers actually need. Speed. I was a little bit disappointed that right before we started doing this show that they decided to release the official times of the 40 because earlier this afternoon, it looked like that Chris Olave had run a sub 4-3, which was insane enough in itself. Turns out he ended up putting in a 4-3-9, which I don't know who was doing the hand times in in India this year. There were six changes to the official timelines from Olave and five other wide receivers that a couple were just very different. It was, I mean, it, it was a big difference. And this was unfortunately one of them. But Chris Olave, he's got speed. He's obviously a downfield vertical threat. He's able to get separation. He was actually making a point of emphasis, Dan, that he doesn't want to be that one trick type of pony. And he was talking about that in interviews this week where he was basically putting in the time to refine his route running skills with uh, wide receivers coach Brian Hartline down there at Ohio State. But outside of that, he's got great body control when he goes vertical on contested catches. He actually has the most touchdowns against single coverage uh, single coverage defense since 2019. Size is a bit of a concern. I fully understand that. Needs to get stronger and put on additional weight at the next level. And I understand Dan's reasonings of why he doesn't have him in his top five. Because outside of the speed, outside of unless you're saying is... Here's where here's where Dan would put him in his top five. If you could guarantee Dan Wolkenstein, if you could guarantee Dan Wolkenstein right now that Chris Olave would be winning every single one of his single coverage matchups with speed downfield, Dan would 100% be putting him in. But at the next level, you can't you can't guarantee that. And at the next level, you do need more than just to rely on your speed. But outside of that, I really like what I see on Chris Olave. I know some people are – he's all over the place. Some people even have him – the Chargers taking him at 17 overall and saying he's the guy after the testing today. So much like I was explaining that the wide receiver class and the rankings as far as everybody's opinion on him are all over the place, this is the first one to go. So I can't actually wait to hear the next <laughs> sentence that's about to come out of Dan's mouth in regards to Chris Olave. All right. So I don't want to be a wet blanket on everyone who is just drooling over Chris Olave. And to be honest, like today's hype at the combine, which now seems a little unwarranted considering now he's not in the four twos at all and almost didn't make the four threes. He is not on my top five. And those people who are saying Olave at 17, 
Oof. Um. Hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> but my problem with Chris Olave is, in my eyes, to be a very good wide receiver in the NFL, you have to be like elite at something. And in my opinion, watching film and looking at his production over the past however many years at Ohio State. He's just not that guy. He's wide receiver two by a long shot on his own team. And go back at his, look at his stats. He hasn't broken a thousand yards once. And there's probably 20 dudes on this list that broke a thousand yards this year alone. I don't necessarily see him being the crispest route runner. I don't necessarily see him being the guy who can run the full route tree. I don't see him as a guy who has like quick twitch super athletic most of the time you see him on film he is wide open busted coverage wide open like like guys within 15 20 feet are nowhere to be found wide open now could you say sure that's because he's a great route runner no it could also be because garrett wilson is getting double triple teamed all the time leading chris Olave open which i mean if we're being honest Chris, and even with that, Chris Olave had like 800-something yards. I know people are infatuated with Chris Olave. Like, I get they, like, I want to like him. I really do. I just, everything I see on my, again, he's not a bad receiver. Like, I have him in my top 10, but he's not in my top five. I just, I don't see the wow factor like I do the other guys in my top five. I just don't see it. Let me ask you a question, Dan, real quick, just because you had pointed out the aspect. And there's a couple position groups that you can make an argument to measure either one because you have like the Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo aspect. And then you look at Georgia with Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. In this circumstance, you got two Ohio State wide receivers with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Are you, if you're making the argument here, I'm not saying that you are, but maybe just an aspect of this is maybe it's one of the reasons why he was in single coverage all the time is because he's playing opposite of Garrett Wilson. Now, if you were to take Chris Olave and you're to put him in the same offense as a Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and you're going to tell me that Chris Olave would come in as wide receiver three with those two guys as part of the receiver group. Wouldn't it be more likely that Chris Olave would still be seeing single coverage majority of the time? Yeah, but again, it's a different story looking at single coverage in the NFL versus single coverage in college. Like in college, if you're not if you're not beating double teams or beating Alabama all the time, like single coverage in the NFL is a whole different story. And like I could be wrong. Please, someone show me film of him winning contested catches outside of like two or three times. Like everything else, you'll see him running streaks either across the middle of the field or posts that are with it that are like 20 yards open. And I don't necessarily think that's going to happen in the NFL unless there's a busted coverage, which is which is much more few and far between. Now, I, I, I what you said was actually, in my opinion, something that I would like to see happen. Like, in my opinion, Olave would be a great wide receiver three on a team. But are you going to pick Olave at 17 to be your wide receiver three? 
And that's your counter argument. But that's my question. Are you? No, no, no. I, I understand. Would you? Okay. If, who, would I? Would I? Would I there? choose him? Would I choose him at seventeen? No. Does that mean that I, if the Chargers traded back in the first round and it was a little bit later, that I wouldn't select him? No, it doesn't mean that either. No, nope, seventeen. Not me. As far as me thinking in my head, who would still possibly be on the board? I would probably go a different direction outside of receiver altogether if this was my best choice as far as the receiver class that was left. But to be honest, Dan, again, you were talking about are you going to be drafting a wide receiver at 17 to be your wide receiver three? Well, I mean, again, I've said my piece on Alave as far as where I would take him at 17. It's a little bit too rich for me. But if we are going to stick at 17, there are going to be a couple guys here that we are going to talk about that even if Mike Williams is going to be brought back, would essentially be stepping in day one as your wide receiver three. Yep. And one of those guys who potentially could be picked at 17, and at least there are folks that want to be picked at 17 or maybe before 17, maybe after 17, definitely round one, Drake London out of USC. I think Jake and I both have him as wide receiver four. Uh, the dude, again, for this season, 88 receptions, almost 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. But I believe he was his season was cut short like, Four games, I believe, because of injury. I think it was his ankle. Ankle and injury. The amount of contested catches that this guy has is second to none. I think Drake London is one of my favorites. A lot of people have him as wide receiver one. That's a little rich for me. I like Drake London. He has like, I mean, he's just like Mike Williams, except I don't think he's quite as fast as Mike Williams. I don't know if he's quite as dynamic as Mike Williams was coming out of Clemson. But I really like Drake London. He has the size that you'd want. I don't necessarily know if Drake London would be great as a long-term solution alongside of Mike Williams long-term. But let's say we franchise tag Mike Williams this year and we try to kick that can down the road. Could Drake London be a long-term replacement? Possibly. I love what I see from Drake London, personally. And Dan, as you said, this is a guy that on some people's board is wide receiver one. Trevor Sikama from PFF has him as his wide receiver one on his board. Now, if we're just talking about, again, overall wide receivers and not tailoring this podcast to a specific team as far as what's needed for them, then Dan and I would probably be talking about Drake London in much higher respects right now. But if we're talking about the, the speed and the yak aspect. So first, let me just go over Drake London. Big time playmaker. Dan, you were mentioning Mike Williams there a second ago. I've seen the player, the best player comp for him that I've seen a lot is Mike Evans for him. Arguably has the highest ceiling of this entire wide receiver class. Uh, he obviously, as you mentioned, he didn't participate in the combine as he's still recovering from the ankle injury. He doesn't have the best downfield speed that you want, but still can play inside, can play outside. Uh, definitely plays the contested uh, balls well, 50-50, go up, high point it, snatch it, whatever you want. He's a very, very dynamic, very talented wide receiver. If we're just tailoring this off of what we've heard and what we know from our eye tests that the Chargers need in terms of that speed and the yak, does Drake London fill in the yak aspect? Sure, 100%. Don't just need speed to get separation. But if you're really looking for a legitimate speed wide receiver, there are some guys here that I think are a little bit more dynamic in that circumstance that would be a better fit 
long-term, even if Mike Williams ends up returning. Moving right along, Jake. And we're going pretty quickly because we have so many guys here we have to get to. Uh, yeah, so, so if, you could, if you could stand the the sound of Dan and I's voice for the better part of an hour and a half, more praise to you. You're the winner of the day. Yes. Next on the list, the better wide receiver from Ohio State, Mr. Garrett wow, Wilson. Nice shot. <laughs> Six foot, 183, almost 10-inch hands, ran a 4.3840. And talk about production. 70 receptions, 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Garrett Wilson has the full package. I think of wide receivers, he is my number three. His route running is fantastic. His hands are tremendous. Really, really good hands catcher. You see a lot of wide receivers catch with their bodies, and you see that kind of coming to nip them in the bud. Not this one. Um, The only knock I have on him is he's a little bit of a thinner frame. Again, like very slight knock would be thinner frame. But Garrett Wilson is the better receiver of this class for Ohio State, and he's the reason that other guys were so wide open and he was still beating double teams. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver three for me in this class. Sign me up for Garrett Wilson with the Chargers. Yes, please. Now, one thing I was surprised about with Garrett Wilson today as it relates to the the testing measurables when they were coming through is that Garrett Wilson ended up weighing four pounds lighter than his counterpart, Chris Olave. <laughs> I did not expect that. That was one thing I did not expect. Mm. Yeah, I would like to see Garrett Wilson be a little bit heavier, and I think he could put that extra weight on between now and the beginning of the season. But you just talk about a guy that's got amazing ball skills. Again, can play inside, outside, flawlessly. It can be used on jet sweeps. He's a tremendous route runner. He has... Uh, just uh, when he's going downfield, he just has a great sudden change of direction. It's so smooth. Gives you the yak that you're looking for. I love the tape that I see from Garrett Wilson. Dan, you had already read off the stats from there. Extremely productive season for him this year. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, as you said, the only knock is just the size that he came in on. Even at him being 5'11 and, and 183, just like to see that up that poundage up a little bit. And at the next level, and this guy, I think, is going to be a very, very dynamic weapon for whichever team he ends up landing on. Yeah, uh, I really like Garrett Wilson. Um, I think he's going to be a very good wide receiver in the NFL, no questions asked. Now we're getting to the good stuff, Jake. One of the guys, honestly, this is my pick at 17, if I could have one, who I think would actually be available. Jamison Williams. The wide receiver out of Alabama, the speedster, in my opinion, if it's not Calvin Austin, I think Jamison Williams is the fastest wide receiver in the NFL. Or, excuse me, fastest wide receiver in the draft coming out. Trevor Sycamore did say that it is a damn shame that Jamison Williams was not able to run today. If he if he did, he was giving a healthy prediction that he was going to run a 398. 398. It was a joke, obviously, but that's what he was saying as far as him being the, the speediest guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jamison Williams, I drool and fantasize and dream about him receiving touchdowns from Justin Herbert. This guy will run away from everyone. He has game changing speed and big yards after the catch, game breaking abilities 
Like he's the guy that you want to just chuck it up and hopefully someone comes down. Like you see what happens with Tyreek Hill with his speed. Jamison Williams is that guy. He has a little bit smaller hands, but look at the production, Jake. Almost 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns, 79 receptions in one season. Like, that's stupid good. He gets hurt, which that's the only dog on him. If he was if he was not hurt with ACL, which I know is a big deal, although not nearly as big a deal as it once was. They already came out and said he's ahead of schedule with his rehab. If he was not hurt, he's a top 10 pick, no doubt in my mind. But because he's hurt, he could fall to 17. And if he does, and I'm and I'm Tom Telesco, it would be very hard for me to pass up Jamison Williams at 17. I'm sorry. There, there, if there's a couple edge guys that are gone, and there may be a defensive tackle that's gone, I don't know who I pick over Jamison Williams at 17. Maybe a corner or two, but like there's a good chance a lot of guys are gone. And Jamison Williams, imagine if he could start week one. I mean, give me a break. Dan, you know me very well when it comes to A, selecting either a wide receiver in round one, and B, when it comes to health concerns about where you're taking these guys. This is one of the rare exceptions where. I find it extremely acceptable for both. (laughs) Again, we're not talking about a guy who's going to come in and be your top wide receiver from day one in this circumstance. But a guy of Jamison Williams' skill set, yes, he's coming off of the bad ACL that he got uh, in 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 the college championship. But... Dan just mentioned it, the ideal breakaway speed. I mean, we all saw what happened with Christian Watson, again, with guys his size, six feet and above. I mean, people were flying. There's no doubt about it that Jamison Williams would have contested to be the fastest wide receiver on the field if he was able to run today. But, Dan, you mentioned the 15 touchdowns that he had. Do you know that 11 of them came on 30 yards or more? He had one touchdown that went 94 yards against Miami this year. I mean, it was just the best in the entire NCAA. It was ridiculous just when this guy gets the ball in his hands, the way that he is able to pull away from defenders is just ridiculous. And outside of his speed, he's smooth. He's quick off the snap. You see that with his footwork and his get off. Um, Definitely has the length. Even at his size at at six, one and a half, I'd still like to obviously – and hopefully with the rehab that goes well to just get a little bit heavier. And from everything that I've been hearing, Dan, as you said that he's ahead of schedule as it relates to his ACL recovery. I've, I've heard people saying that the timetable for him to actually return to game action could be anywhere between weeks three and four of the regular season. Now you'd like it to be sooner. Who knows? Maybe miracles can happen. But if we're talking about a wide receiver three, and you can tell me that you could get a guy of his talent coming back at that point of the year. I don't normally agree to such things, but this is one of the rare exceptions. Man, Jameson Williams would be a dream come true for this offense. Justin Herbert would go from having nobody with speed to having Jameson freaking Williams. Oh, I would I would lose my I would lose my absolute shit if Jameson Williams was the pick for the Chargers 
at 17. And the thing, the cool part about when you watch him play, Jake, I think he's, I think you and I were mentioning this offline a couple days ago. It's amazing to me how many corners will be playing off or prevent like 10, 15 yards off of him. And he'll take that 10 and 15 yards of cushion and turn it into a 10 and 15 yard, like the other way he is beyond them past them. And they are trying to catch him. Not a chance. And it does it in a blink of an eye. It's amazing how quickly he catches ground on everyone. I think he has two kickoff returns for touchdowns this year or during his career, I believe. He is game-changing, electrifying speed. And if there's one guy in this draft that I think you could put on this offense and immediately transforms the threat that is the Chargers, it's this guy. Jameson Williams, for me, wide receiver two, but honestly, flip a coin. They're different receivers, but the guy we talked about at number one, either one of these guys would be a home run for the Chargers. Ready, Jake? I'm ready. We both get to get really excited about this next guy. With the one, <laughs> the one thing we have, the one thing we, yeah, the one, one thing, thing we agree agreed on. with this entire show so far. Which honestly, it's going to get a lot worse once we get going past these top five. Traylon Burks is an absolute freak. They like humans aren't made like this. No, uh, I will say I think folks, myself included, maybe a little disappointed with the 4540 he ran today but being 62 225 45 is moving the guy has 9 and 7 eighths in hands very big guy from arkansas i mean you look at him he is a physical specimen and the production is there over 1100 yards 66 receptions the guy's just an absolute freak i think he could run the entire route tree Big, strong, fast, elusive, absolutely wide receiver one. Not just on this class, but I think he will be wide receiver one on any team he goes to, except a handful, maybe. Uh, Traylon Burks, you mentioned that there's no one like Julio Jones. If there was one like him, it'd be it would be Traylon Burks. He's close. Uh, he can do it all. He can line up inside. He can line up outside. He can cut in really quickly. He can take the top off the defense. And he's he's weirdly slippery for being 6'2". And he plays bigger than 6'2". He looks more like 6'4", 6'5", in my opinion. But Traylon Burks, to me, wide receiver one. Yeah, Danny, you mentioned it. It's uh, The athleticism of Traylon Burks is just stupid. I mean... (laughs) He is just a, he's going to be such a versatile weapon no matter who ends up taking him. Big bodied, smooth, just at, as I said, stupid athleticism. Uh, you were mentioning the route trees. I mean, shit, put him in on running jet sweeps, capable of beating press man coverage. Um, yeah, maybe not as tested as best as people would have thought, but I mean, his 40 projecting times were anywhere from the four fives to some people believing that he was going to crack, you know, a, a, a low four, three, um, or I'm sorry, not a low four, three, a high four, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at the tape, despite what you may have seen from a four five forty today, he plays faster than that. So don't put as much stock as you saw from his 40 yard dash. He, as Daniel Jeremiah was explaining his, his get off at the beginning is, is just not as quick as other receivers. But when he goes, 
in playtime action, he goes. So there have been the obvious Debo Samuel comparisons based off of where, you know, teams could utilize him in their offense. Um, but the AJ Brown comparisons is what mm. I've been seeing a lot of as it relates to Traylon Burks. Man, the the only the again, like Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, both those guys would be home runs. The the only question, I don't want to say neck, but the only question I have is let's say Mike Williams is resigned to like a long-term deal. Keenan William, Keenan Allen doesn't get any younger. Do you think Traylon Burks, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, do you think Mike Williams and Traylon Burks specifically? Do you see that as being a bit redundant? No, and I'll tell you why, Dan. Uh, if this, if the season that we saw from Mike Williams, if that is a glimpse of what his playing future is going to be, I mean, he's obviously shown that he could evolve from being just a downfield 50-50 ball as he was in Anthony Lynn's offense. He mm-hmm. rebuilt himself, bettered himself, and he looked absolutely fantastic with what Joe Lombardi did for him in this offense. If you can give me a wide receiver that moves like that outside, and you tell me that you can insert a piece like <laughs> Traylon Burks next to him with all the ways that you could possibly deploy him. I mean, hell, you think people in San, San Francisco right now are saying, hey, do you think Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are kind of redundant? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Again, we're at that point, Dan, where you mentioned it. Keenan Allen isn't getting any younger. And if you were to add Traylon Burks to an offense that has Allen and Williams already, that's dynamic within itself. But at the same time, you're looking for, you have to find a different way to be creative on offense, to contend with the likes of the firepower of Buffalo and the creativity of Kansas City. and. Traylon Burks would fill and check all those boxes. The dude's an absolute freak. Uh, I think any NFL team is better when he's on their team. Point blank. Any receiving core doesn't matter. Traylon Burks, both of us have his wide receiver one. I have him as like a 1A versus 1B. Completely different archetypes with him and Jameson Williams. But either one of those guys, I am extremely happy. Now, before we transition to the rest of the wide receivers in this pod, Dan, let's let's take a moment just to be real, because especially with you, I know you like to live with you know the positive the positive vibes around here. But <laughs> let's let's just be real with ourselves and with our listeners. The chances of Traylon Burks getting to the Chargers at seventeen, the odds are virtually slim to none. It's not happening. No, no. Although neither was Rashawn Slater at thirteen, uh, but. Look, Traylon Burks is wide receiver one, and there's a ton of wide receivers in this class. Now, that being said, I do, I mean, obviously, one of these guys, most of these guys will be available at 17. So, again, to recap, Jake's five through one, Chris Olave, number five, Drake London, number four, Jamison Williams, three, Garrett Wilson, two, and Traylon Burks, one. My five, Jahan Dotson, number five, Drake London, four, Garrett Wilson, three, Jamison Williams, two, Traylon Burks, one. After Traylon Burks, like, get ready. It, there, we're going to get into the next crop of guys here. 
which there's a big crop of guys, if we're being quite honest. Jake, I don't know what the number is of wide receivers taken in rounds one and two and three, but I'll bet you it's broken this year. Wouldn't doubt it. I'll bet. Let's do a quick little quick six pack draft weekend over under record number of wide receivers taken in the first three rounds. I'm taking over. What's the line? Whatever the record is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're essentially betting on a number that you don't know yet. I am betting the, I'm betting that the, that this wide receiving class will break the record of most receivers gone in the first three rounds. First three rounds. Okay. Well, I already know. I already know that Daniel Jeremiah has five alone listed in his. <laughs> five alone that are listed pretty damn close to round one. So you're saying it's going to go over. Yeah. See, unfortunately, I'd probably would do the same. <laughs> Just say you disagree for now. You're going to disagree for for this show's sake. One of us is getting Fine. free beer, but the good news is we're going to be at the same damn draft party anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Six-pack is going to be gone by one of, one of us or both of us at some point during that night. Okay, so the good news is, Jake, we mentioned it. There were top five guys, but there was a ton of dudes that we get to talk about. And this is where it's about to go off the rails. We're about to get yep. all kinds of guys in here that pick your pick your flavor. Do you want speed? Do you want size? Do you want quickness? Do you want agility? Do you want catch radius? Do you want ball skills? You name it, you got it in this draft. So Jake, let's just kind of go down the list of our next tier of guys. And this is kind of, to be honest, Jake and I had a tough time once we got past five of being able to like you know, stake our flag in the ground of like, this is our top 10 for the Chargers. The reason why is because there are so many and they are so different that it would be kind of unfair to some of these guys to not be on the list. Now, at some point, Jake and I will give five through 10. But for now, there was just too much to process mm -hmm. with what happened at today's combine, along with what didn't happen at the combine along with what we already knew. So, without further ado, Jake, in no particular order here... Oh, my Lord. I'd say of the guys who had the best days at the Combine, was there a guy who had a better day than Calvin Austin III? It's a hard argument to find another wide receiver that did. But the weird part about it is, is that, yes, Calvin Austin had, it, had himself a day at the Combine, but really Calvin Austin's been having himself a month realistically ever since senior bowl week outside in of what I, you've in already... my eyes before senior bowl. He was my darling of this class. A exactly. I mean, outside of what you already saw from him on tape for the 2021 class. Oh, I apologize. Normally I start these, uh, these smaller size prospects out with a certain phrase of mine, size be damned size be damned. I put this label on Asante Samuel Jr. last year. You're going to hear me say it a number of different times this year, whether it's this position or other positions. But size be damned as it relates to Calvin Austin. And an absolute explosive playmaker. Yak, yak, yak. He's just 
unreal in his route running ability was making the competition at Senior Bowl week just look like a joke. Literally a joke. Whatever defensive back you wanted to put against this guy, he was just turning him the other direction. He has versatile playmaking ability, can run inside, outside, uh, obviously has enough speed to be used on jet sweep. He just has that dynamic type of playmaking ability. And oh, as if, as if what he did at Senior Bowl week wasn't good enough, then he just decides to roll out in Indy today and roll off a 4-3-2-40. No big deal. Broad jump, you <laughs> name it. Hands are insane. The guy, I think the guy posted records for all three of those until I think he was outdone by two guys in the 40. But Calvin Austin is a freak. Jake, I don't necessarily know if people understand how good this kid was in high school and in college. Jake, he had 76 touchdowns in high school and college. 57 of them on offense. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Spring it on with 40 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Matching styles for the family are on sale too. Shop it all through April 12th. 13 on special teams and six on defense. He played defense before he was on offense. I believe I believe he was corner before he came over. This, I mean, <laughs> he had 27 touchdowns at Memphis, 25 of them on offense, two on special teams. The kid is just electric. And if you want someone with track speed, he's won nine state championships in high school. I like nine. 100, 200, 400 meter dash. Every day that goes by, it seems like he's getting more and more draft buzz. And he has that Kadarius Tony type, but plus plus in the speed category, in my opinion. And so Calvin Austin, to me, my darling of this entire draft class, diamond in the rough, plant your flag. I don't care what you want to say. Calvin Austin is my favorite wide receiver. Not necessarily the best receiver, but my favorite wide receiver for the Chargers he has like that Tyreek Hill vibe. He's not Tyreek Hill, but he has that vibe to me. He is going to be a day two pick, probably round two, maybe round three, but I absolutely... You better put it at round two. Absolutely love this kid, Jake. <laughs> like, it's not fair. I want him to be on the Chargers so bad. <laughs> now... Oh, good transition um, here, Dan. One guy, Jake who we had talked about initially early on as a guy who just was fast and someone who I could see as being a wide receiver three for this Chargers offense. And then the dude goes into the combine. Christian Watson, North Dakota State. Absolute alien. 4-2-8-40 at 6-4, Jake. 6-4. 10 and 1 8 inch hands running a 428. <laughs> that was the, that was the first time. That was the first time and then 
just before we jumped on this podcast, they had updated the official times. And this is how, again, I don't know who was on the watches in Indy, but this is how much of a difference it was between the unofficial time that he ran, because when he ran this, it was just like, oh my God, the freaking roof just blew off in Indy right now. But apparently his official time came back, Dan, and it was a 4-3-6. That's how much of a disparity we're talking about here. And he's not the only wide receiver that this happened with today. So I'm not sure who the hell was on the okay, stopwatches. Okay, 4-2-8, 4-3-6, for a 6-4 guy? It's still insane. It's still insane. <laughs> but I was, I was saying your transition from Calvin Austin to Christian Watson right now is perfect in one circumstance because you were talking about outside of the 4-3-2-40 that Calvin Austin put up. He put up an 11-3 broad jump. Let's remember for a second. Calvin Austin is 5'8", 170. You want to know what Christian Watson's broad jump was? 11-4. 11-4. We're talking about a one-inch difference between a guy who's 5'8", and a guy who's 6'4". And a one-inch diff- one difference for an eight-inch difference in height. That just shows you the type of explosiveness that these guys are coming off the line with. But I wait, wait, real, real quick, you hear a lot of term, people talk about broad jumps. And and I don't necessarily know if everyone quite gets like the translation because you hear like broad drum, three cone drill, forty time, vert, all that kind of stuff. For wide receivers specifically, why do we care? About you're the broad you're, jump? you're measuring your initial explosiveness. That's that's basically what it's it's for. Outside of you, obviously, being able to keep your balance for what can be measured on contested catches. I know sometimes a lot of these drills, you know, not all of them makes sense but as it relates to wide receivers it's the explosiveness that you're really seeing out of these guys as it relates to the broad jump goes so 11-3 to 11-4 is explosiveness within itself but a difference between a guy who's 5-8 and a guy who's 6-4 and only a one inch difference in a broad jump of that length is just bonkers but uh back to Christian Watson for a second I love watching the tape from him North Dakota State's got something something going down there, and they've had it now for the last couple of years. But Watson is a guy who's just explosive off the line of scrimmage, hence the 11-4 broad jump, can easily get separation, turns on the Jets downfield, and he's just gone. <laughs> he had a tremendous senior bowl week. He's going to be able to create mismatches all over the field. Um one of the more underrated aspects that I really love about him that the Chargers have been able to develop a lot better in their wide receivers is that he is a willing blocker. And essentially mm-hmm. off of press man coverage, he can shed those blocks really easily to get open down the field. So I love what I see from him on tape. It was great to see him run a 40 at a 4-3-6 officially. Outside, I mean, it's just insane. Six four two eight two two zero eight, and you're running a four three six forty. I mean, take a bow, sir. Congratulations, because you just helped your draft stock out a little bit more. You know what's funny, Jake? I was going through my notes. This is before the combine happened. I was going through my notes, and you know, I was looking at, I was reading it up and talking about like speed for days, tall frame, deep ball threat, um, always gets behind the defense, like you said. You know, you're just not catching him if he gets behind you. And and people aren't talking about like his special teams ability. Like the dude is an ace at special teams. Like go watch some of his special teams returns. You're like, whoa, okay. 
But the funny part, Jake, was I had him beforehand as like a day two steal. I had it in quotes on my list. Not anymore, you don't. <laughs> I don't think he makes it out of day one. Not anymore, you don't. I don't think he makes do, do you think he makes it out of day one? I had day two steal. I had him as a steal for round two. Now I don't think he gets to round two. Like he might get to like picks thirty five ish, beginning of round two, but like I don't see it happening. They don't make guys like this. Whether whether it's round one or round two, it's not going to be considered a steal. It's good. You're just getting a great playmaker because exactly the secret's out. Yes, (laughs) the secret's out. It's no longer a secret. Secret is out. Uh, One guy that's going to kind of have to be a secret for a bit now as he's nursing. Uh, some an injury. I believe it was uh, was a hamstring for John Mechie. I believe the injury. Uh, that no, he had... I thought he had. I thought he also had the ACL injury. Oh, was it was the ACL? Okay. John Mechie, wide receiver, Alabama, wide receiver two for Alabama, but that's not really saying like very little because the guy's a beast. Uh, ninety six receptions for over eleven hundred yards. Jake, my goodness, this kid is a dude. Nine and a half inch hands, almost 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, a little undersized, 5'11", but I love John Mechie. I think he's one of my favorites in terms of just sheer play ability. I think his ability for big plays and like run after the catch, yards out of the catch is kind of where I see his talents the most. He has really, really good feet and there's a bunch of ways that guys can separate. Some of Some can do it with like agility some could do it with like sheer size he kind of does it with his feet and his ability to separate is one of my favorite traits of his incredible in space i see him as like a late round one early round two guy for me uh really like john mechie again it's a shame he like the dude's a stud not in my top five he's in my top 10 not sure where someone's gonna love him there's nothing much more that I can add to it from there, Dan. I mean, he plays the position tough. He obviously doesn't have the speed of his counterpart in Jamison Williams, but you mentioned he wins in different ways. Seasoned route runner can play multiple positions. Uh, I see him just based off of his initial size, and I'll be interested to see what his true speed is going to be at that at the next level. But I could see him just being inserted as an ideal slot receiver at this, at the, at the next level. I, again, he's going to need to put on just a little bit more size, him coming in at 187, And I'm sure that that has to do just with his rehab and whatever he's going through right now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I see him being very productive as coming in as a slot receiver from the get. And, um, but I, I think that you could possibly see him, develop into more than that just given his player versatility that they had him in at Alabama. Yeah. Um speaking of SEC Jake, there's one receiver in this draft class. I think is getting a little a little too much sleep on sort of speak. sleep. And there aren't enough people talking about Georgia's wide receiver George Pickens. Now, hands are a little small. I'll give you that. But size, my goodness, 6'3", 195. He has like the prototypical X receiver 
physique. He's got the perimeter. He's got the physicality, incredible ball skills. His sideline footwork is amazing. His wingspan is ridiculous. Really, 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 really good contested catcher. And a very. you mentioned run blocking before. That might be one of his best traits is him being a run blocking savant. George Pickens is going to be someone's diamond in this draft class. I'm not sure who's going to get him or where he's going to go. We're not hearing enough people talk about him, but George Pickens, I don't know if I necessarily think he's the greatest fit for the chargers because they already have a Mike Williams who can do kind of what he's known to do. But man, George Pickens is nice. Other than Pickens, Jake, let's just kind of keep this thing rolling. One guy. Oh boy. Oh boy. You know what? Okay. Now I'm going to get in the right position for this because I am just going to kick my feet up, (laughs) throw my hands back, shut my mouth. I might as well do it for the next 10 minutes because Dan Wolkenstein is about to tell everyone about arguably his second favorite wide receiver in this draft class. Purdue's own David Bell. Dan, I am shutting up. The floor is yours. Okay, I am looking forward to the time that we get to the NFL and we see David Bell just eating up chunk yards all damn day. People want to talk about his 40 time. He ran a 4.62, underwhelming. You know who else ran a 4.62? Cooper Cup. And the guy was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Keenan Allen ran a 4.5940. The dude's pretty damn good. Career-wise, David Bell has been arguably the most productive wide receiver of this class. Almost 3,000 yards receiving, 232 catches, 22 touchdowns, 6-1, The dude is a technician. I don't care what your statistics tell me. I don't care what your measurables say. Look at the football field. He is always making plays. He has incredible hands. His feet are ridiculous. He's great on the boundaries. And he just gets open. Like, he's not the guy who's going to blow you away and blow right by you, but he's going to laugh at you when he makes the catch. And he's going to get the first down, give the ball back, and do it again. That's all he's done his entire career at Purdue. He has a very similar archetype, in my opinion, to a Keenan Allen type. Like, he just gets open. And people want to talk about him not being a day two pick, late day three, stop. If David Bell falls to day three, the world is going to end sooner rather than later because they are crazy. David Bell is one of my favorites in this class and people are sleeping on him way too much. No, he's not the fastest, but he just gets it done. Of all of the guys in this draft, Jake, I wouldn't say he's my second favorite wide receiver, but in terms of who I think fast forward five years, who I think may have the most production in the NFL, David Bell might be in the top five of this class. So he's your favorite wide receiver in the second position in this year's class. (laughs) Right? Is that another way to put it? He's my favorite wide receiver in the second position? He's not your second favorite wide receiver, but he's your favorite receiver in the second position. 
I'm not sure what you're meaning by this. Man, talk about a flyby on you, dude. <laughs> Anywho, is let's just call it what it is. He's your second favorite wide receiver. Okay. Uh, not not necessarily the second best receiver, but second favorite wide receiver in terms of what he's done in college. Yes. Okay. Uh, the stats don't lie, obviously. Production machine was produced David Bell, especially against Iowa. Dan, do you know how many people in Iowa right now are just so thankful that David Bell is going to the NFL draft and they don't have to see him anymore for what he's done to them over the last two or three seasons? Uh, you mentioned that you see him in the Keenan Allen archetype. Well, just so happens he said yesterday during interviews that he models his game after the one and only Keenan Allen. Uh, prides himself on his route running. De- again, we go back to the speed aspect. So if we're thinking to ourselves, what are the Chargers looking for? Does the speed jump out to you? No. But at the end of the day, there is more than one way to get separation in the NFL. And doesn't have to be speed all the time. So... Dan, I do have to ask you this before we go to our next wide receiver. And because you were so, you you may be the leader of the David Bell fan club for, for the next month and a half prior to the draft. Uh, definitely the judge swinging the gavel for David Bell. I remember how excited you were when the Chargers ended up taking Chris Rumpf last year. Because mm. he was your diamond in the rumpf pounding the table for him. I've still seen the video of your reaction on day three when the Chargers ended up taking him. So in that circumstance, whether it's whether it's whatever round it is, since you are the leader of the David Bell fan club as it stands today, if the Chargers ended up taking David Bell, is your reaction going to top that of what it is or what it was for Chris Rumpf last year? You know, that's a, that's a good question. And it kind of pains me to answer this, honestly, but as much as I love David Bell, I don't know if he is a good fit for what the chargers need other than a depth piece, like in case you need to break glass and Keenan Allen gets hurt. Because he has a very similar type to Keenan Allen in my eyes. And I don't necessarily know if we want to have more of that type on this team. So, But would I be excited if the Chargers drafted David Moore, David Bell? Absolutely. But in terms of like biggest or best fit for this team, for this team, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if he's the best fit. But in terms of just a quality wide receiver, the dude is someone's going to get an absolute machine. So to summarize, you want him, but you're not sure if you want him. No, I want him. (laughs) But I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would take him as high as I would need to take him for the Chargers to get him. But I would want him on my team. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, I was just giving you a hard time. No, that's okay. I, like, I know. I don't know if that comes across as hypocritical, but look. It's kind of what it sounded like, but... <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it sounded like there for a second. That's why anyone, I anyone who, anyone who tries to tell me that David Bell doesn't have what it takes to succeed in the NFL, I can't wait to... I can't wait till he proves wrong. I'll put it that way. So, 
One of the guys I think is getting a ton of buzz, especially now after what we saw at the Combine. A man out of Western Michigan, Jake. A guy with two Ys, but runs fast enough to where it doesn't even matter how you spell his name. Sky Moore, 5'10", 195, ran a 4.39. Talk about production. The guy is all over the field. This past season, 95 receptions, almost 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and has 10 and a quarter inch hands. Like, what? Everyone who's listening or watching right now, look at your hands. 10 and a quarter inches? Compare that to your hands. Like, I guarantee you there's at least like two or three inches between whatever your hand is and 10 and a quarter. Like, 10 and a quarter is ridiculous. Sky Moore in my opinion, Jake, is the closest thing to the Debo Samuel archetype. I'm not saying he is the same size as Debo Samuel, but he plays like him more than anyone else in this class. Compact frame, big playability. I have him as like a... Well, I had him as a late round two guy prior to today. Strong hands, great in bubble, great in space, especially on bubble screens. Very quick. He's not just fast, but also quick. And he's just a guy that gets it done. But he seems like the one you could put at any position on the offense, and he'll make a play for you, a la Debo Samuel. I really like Sky Moore. He's not going to last to the end of round two. There's no way. There you go. But, I mean, I love this guy. There's nothing else I can say. I think anyone who watches him play, you're like, yeah, I want him. So he's now he's now gone from being a late day two pick prospect for you to solidifying himself as a round two prospect. Yep. No doubt Perfect. about it. Perfect. Because Daniel Jeremiah said the exact same thing today. Said for everybody who's hoping that Sky Moore is going to fall to the third round, I hate to kill your dreams, but he ain't falling to the third round. It was essentially in a nutshell what he said today. Uh, but... Talk about just the versatility scheme. And this is where I think that you're going with the Debo Samuel archetype, which I definitely agree with, Dan. Again, just in the way that he could be implemented in an offense. But a consistent producer over three years at Western Michigan. I mean, my God, I, the stats don't lie to that for sure. Um, but extremely athletic guy despite his measurables and his size at 5'10", 195, plays with a toughness, uh, battles contested catches, beats press man's coverage. In his game alone against Northern Illinois, Dan, he went off for 12 catches for 206 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, just wave the white flag at that point in time, man. Jeez. This guy is an... I think everybody's going to really see the type of playmaker that he is going to become as long as he is put in an offense that much like Debo Samuel was for a coach to understand to say, look, we're going to utilize you to your full potential and we're going to try every single way possible to put the football in your hands. And that I think is where you're really going to see Sky Moore elevate himself at the next level. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now.
Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Spring it on with 40 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Matching styles for the family are on sale too. Shop it all through April 12th. Another guy. This is where it gets hard because there are so many receivers in this class and you could just go down the list. And I think we're probably already at like 12, 13 right now. I lost count. And we're, we're still going strong. Jalen Tolbert, Southern Alabama, 6'1", 194, 10-inch hands, runs a 4-4-4 unofficial 40 time today. Production galore. I think he had like, he was close to Jameson Williams at almost 1,500 yards receiving, 82 receptions, eight touchdowns. Again, a name you're not hearing much about, but I don't think that's justified. I love... His high point that he has catches in traffic really, really well. Big play machine. Breakaway speed, deep ball threat for sure. I don't necessarily think he's the most twitchy guy. Not he's going to shake you out of your handles or your shoes with his handles. But a quality receiver, certainly a, a solid frame. The guy is built. And he, look, put him in traffic. It doesn't matter. Like he does, He's not afraid to go up in traffic and catch it. Uh, catches in traffic very, very well. Jalen Tolbert, another one of those like honorable mention guys where I'm just like, another great receiver. Like, there's so many of them in this draft. What I really like about Jalen Tolbert, obviously the the footwork off the step is great. The route running for him is on point, on point. But when you go back and you look at what he did this year, when he went up against the best competition he delivered he did not have i can't recall against the really elite competition for his schedule this year he didn't shy away from it i thought i think he ended up showing up the best against the best competition and that's what you'd like to see dan you got the stats down there as far as his receptions and his yards he had seven games seven with a hundred plus yards in 2021 it's fantastic. And like I said, when he had to go up against some of the best competition at the college level this year, he delivered, didn't shy away from it, didn't have a down game for it. So I really like what I see from uh, uh, from Jalen Tolbert. And maybe, as you said, right now could be flying a little bit too far under the radar, but I'd be interested to see, even given his his measurables, his size, his speed, and how he can be utilized as a route runner. I think someone's going to get a really good playmaker, depending on how they're going to utilize him in their offense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we're just going to move, keep moving on, Jake. Someone, I've said this a few times, but someone who I think is, you don't hear anyone talking about them. And, and I don't understand. That's why, why it's only been said a few times. Other than the fact that there's so many good dudes in this class. But if you have not seen Trey Turner from Virginia Tech, go on YouTube and just type in Trey Turner highlights, sit back with a bag of popcorn, and just pretend like you're watching SportsCenter Top 10 because that's what this guy gives you. Like, big play ability galore. The guy has him in spades. 6'2", 190, roughly. Probably his best attribute is contested catches. Uh, Excellent on the boundaries. Excellent hands, plays very physical, 
and again, Sports Center top 10. Just think of the Sports Center chime sound when you see Trey Turner. That's what you're going to see. Uh, I love this kid. I, I don't necessarily know where he's going to go, but someone is going to pick him. If you watch him, you'll fall in love with him too. Uh, absolute playmaker. Of all the guys in this class, he kind of has... He's not. I don't think he's going to be as good as Cooper Cup, but the the style that Cooper Cup plays is what I see from Khalil Shakir. He just gets open and he just makes plays. I see him as like a a late day two, maybe early day three. Uh, tons of one handed catches. Like some of them are almost unnecessary one handed catches, but tons of great catches and probably one of the best one handed catches you will ever see on the sidelines comes from him. Boise State had a good one in Khalil Shakir. Again, his his measurables aren't insane through the roof, but he is a damn good football player and one that I would love to see the Chargers get. Oh, there's just so many guys, Jake. It, it's just too much. All right, so one guy, Jake, who I think... I'm going to let you take the reins on this one first. <laughs> uh, someone who I think you were incredibly high on very early. Very Talk early. Talk about That's Wandale right. Robinson. I mean, so let me preface this. Very early was about, I don't know, what do you think? Let's let's call it end of November, essentially, is when I really started paying attention to <laughs> Wondell Robinson. Since then, my enthusiasm from him has dropped has dropped a bit. Uh Turns out, as we found out at the combine, that he was actually shorter than previously reported. He came in at 5'8", 178. Uh, I believe he was originally listed at 5... It was 5'11", that he was listed at. What? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was kind of a big surprise when he showed up, and he ended up measuring in at 5'8". So, again, given his small stature already, that wasn't the best news as it relates to his draft outlook. But... Despite all that, when you see what he did in Kentucky, Kentucky was extremely creative with him. He was quick off the line of scrimmage. Danny, he forced 22 missed tackles after the catch, which was the most by a wide receiver since 2009. That's per PFF. Projects as a gadget player at the next level. So he could work the slot on the screen passes from the backfield at the next level. Um, he had an end around actually go for 65 yards <laughs> in one of his highlights. Um, at the college level, I mean, he displayed good toughness, made a handful of contested catches, even despite his small frame. The question is, how is that going to translate to the next level? This isn't a guy when you're looking at that is that is 5'8 here that we're going to measure to a similar 5'8 guy that we were talking about earlier in one uh, uh, Cal, in Cal, uh, Cal Austin. It is not this. I I said size be damned for Cal Austin at 5'8". It's not size be damned here because it's a very different dynamic between Cal Austin and Wandale Robinson. So how is that? How is his size going to translate at the next level being 5'8 and 178? And if he is taken, if he is drafted, how are offenses going to deploy him? And so there are just, there's a lot of questions still at this point in time. Um, what type of receiver he's going to be in the NFL? Yeah. Um, I like Wano Robinson. I, I don't, I personally don't know 
if I trust him holding up at the next level. Uh, he is smaller than you'd like to see. He kind of he he reminds me of like a poor man's Kadarius Tony. And for those who remember last year, I wasn't the highest on him either. No, nope, um, he didn't. <laughs> and so I, I like him. I love his story. I I love his style, but I just don't know who, if he has the plus 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 that you need to be in quickness or in speed to succeed in the NFL for his size. I just. I just don't. Um, all right. So we've made it through kind of that next crop of like, not quite top five, but like, damn it. These guys would be great as kind of that next tier or next couple tiers of receivers. Last call, Jake. My goodness. Who are some wide receivers who are either maybe a late day two, early day three guys, or maybe some sleepers or ones that you just want folks to know about, including myself. I've got a few. Mm-hmm. I will let you take the reins first. Oh, man. Um, okay, so I got I got three here. I think we would definitely be remiss if we did not bring up Kyle Phillips from UCLA. Mm-hmm. We should probably just go ahead and pencil it in right now that Kyle Phillips most likely is going to be a New England Patriot after <laughs> after the draft. So just, just go ahead and start writing that in. But uh, Kyle Phillips, prototypical slot receiver. No waste in motion off the snap. He's got great footwork, showed off his quickness at the senior bowl and red zone drills. He was leaving guys in the dust on some of these ones off the snap. And, all, and, and like I said, all that being said, you just – he already said that he talked to Bill Belichick, so I'm sure it, the contract is already a done deal. <laughs> and, and Belichick's found a reason to uh, found you know a, a loophole in tampering, and the contract's already done, no matter where he's actually drafted. Uh, other guys who I think uh, should be getting a little bit more notoriety as we get closer to the draft. Uh, one guy who actually came through and ended up. Um, I haven't actually gotten a chance to watch a lot of film on him, but he ended up testing a lot better than what people thought he was going to, especially in the 40, was Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Came in at a 4-3-8, or excuse me, 4-3-4 today. So a lot of people were actually surprised by that. They didn't think that he had that type of juice behind him. So that's one that I know uh, just after watching today that I got to go back and watch some film. And then another one, Dan, I'll go ahead and I'll leave certain certain ones of these guys to you. But uh, how about Ontario Drummond out of Mississippi? Mm. Uh, most touchdowns in the red zone with 11 since 2020, put in some great work during the senior bowl week, vertical threat, great blend of size and athleticism. You don't have to go too far to see those on display. Just turn on his tape against Louisville. He's got a lot of good intangibles that I think can translate well to the next level. Yeah. I liked Ontario Drummond. Uh, he, he doesn't have like the most speed, but again, I think he's just very productive. Uh, I agree with you, Kyle Phillips. He, <laughs> he t- when you said the Patriots, I'm like, damn it, you're totally right. Uh, I see him as like a day two guy. He's one of those like run after the catch, yak specialist, punt return specialist. He's like a better Joe Reed when we remember him coming out of college. Great separator. Not the biggest, but very tough frame, like Kyle, F- Kyle Phillips too. Uh, a couple guys that I would make sure that we have to mention here. Um, one would be Danny Gray out of SMU. The guy has speed and agility for days. He is one of the fastest guys at the, running the 40 this year at the combine. We saw him tonight. Um, another guy that I really like, uh, Texas Tech 
I don't know, Jacob, if you or if the audience has seen Eric Ezukanma, watch out for him. Versatile, tough, very durable. And man, does he have a motor that he will go through the whistle. And as a wide receiver, you don't necessarily see that as often as you typically do in other positions. I really like him. Um, trying to think of else I have on my list here. Uh, Alec Before Pierce, you jump to your... I was going to say, before you jump to Alec Piercer for a second, I did get a chance to watch tape on uh, on Eric, and I flipped on the Houston game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The clip of where, essentially, he looks dead to rights at the line of scrimmage and is able to just plow through two defenders <laughs> and take the ball down another 25 yards. Maybe drag it like five guys is ridiculous. And then I believe it was the same game that he had another great downfield play against Marcus Jones, who's going to be a cornerback that we're talking about in the next episode. Uh, yeah, that got my attention a little bit. So I would definitely encourage people to watch the film, but uh, continue, Dan. Yes. And then Alec Pierce. Uh, I'm not sure what he's going to translate to in the NFL. Um, he's 6'3". He's a bit taller, uh, a bit stockier, kind of an all-around wide receiver. Um, Definitely like a possession slash like volume guy where you just keep throwing him the ball as much as you can. Has a lot of savviness. Kind of reminds me of like a kind of like a Adam Thielen slash like sort of Jordy Nelson type where like he doesn't blow you away with any particular skill but he just finds a way to haul him in um again a bit taller six three so he's good but he kind of falls in that line of like i don't necessarily know if he has enough great at one particular thing to be good in the nfl but maybe he's just so well-rounded that he's going to do well i'm not quite sure um jake do we do we make it are we there I think we're there. I think that Can was across the finish line. I want to say that was at least 20 guys that we just made it through. For, for those of you that are still watching this show, congratulations. You made it. <laughs> you made it. Um, I mean, the crazy part about this is Jake, every single one of these guys, again, we preface this show as every single one of these guys we were talking about as fits for the chargers. Therefore, every single one of these guys if the Chargers drafted him, I'm happy. It's normally the opposite in these type of situations, Dan. Like, you could talk about any position, and you could you could find yourself saying, "It's like, okay, well, the Chargers have to go after that position in that round because if they don't take it in that round, then it's going to be dry, and the talent is just going to be depleted." It's quite the opposite <laughs> in, in this particular scenario. Take your pick, honestly. Whether we're talking day one, day two, day three, the Chargers are going to have options in finding speed and yak-style ride receivers in order to implement into their offense. So there will be no shortage of talent as it relates to this. I want to ask you one question to end this end this episode out, Jake. Put you on your put you on the spot here. If it is anything related to a ranking, I swear to God, nope, I'm not nope, answering nope, you. Nope, it's not okay. answering. It has any of the ranking. <clears throat> I want you to give me one guy. Day one, day two, and day three. So three guys total. One guy for each. Who would be your dream selection? Oh, my Lord. At the uh, current pick. We're not talking about trading back. We're just saying 
Chargers pick at 17, Chargers pick at whatever, 50 or 2-3 or day three. I mean, is this me being realistic or is this yes, me? Yes, yes. This is me being, okay, so then Traylon Burks, I should not include at 17 because it's not realistic that he's going to be there? Sure. Okay, so for the sake of argument of being realistic, let's go with Jamison Williams at 17, round mm-hmm. one. I agree. I would probably say Cal. there's no way I could pass up Cal Austin in round two. Over Skymore? I, I, I would put Calvin Austin a little bit ahead okay. of Sky Moore. Yes. Well, no, not necessarily that you'd pick him over him, but you would pick him in your day two. That would be, that now. would be my dream scenario. Yeah. If I was, if you're asking a different question, which one would I pick in that scenario? Yes. I'd still say it would be Calvin Austin okay. day three. Mm. Day three, just looking back here through the list and everything that we've done. It's so weird because some of these guys, everybody's so close knit, and the way that supply and demand is going to go. Once round two hits, depending on who hasn't taken a wide receiver yet, this is just going to go all over the damn place. So I'm just I'm going to pick a guy that may have like a fringe round two, round three grade on. No, day two, day three. Or sorry, day three. So fringe day two, day three, great on. Yep. Uh, gun to my head. <clears throat> I might put in... Ontario Drummond in I that was, circumstance. I was just thinking that. I might put in Ontario Drummond in that circumstance. And if it's not him, not him, then I may have to go with you, Dan. I don't know. I don't know where people have Danny Gray listed, whether it being day two, day three. Mm-hmm. He may be higher than that. But, you know, for the sake of argument, let's go with Ontario Drummond. Man, Dontario Drummond, I like him because he he just has versatility, man. Like, you go watch what he did at Ole Miss. Like, he's used as a wide receiver, as a tight end, in runs, runs the entire route tree. He does screens inside, outside, end arounds. Like, literally does it all. Uh, (laughs) He probably would be the day three. It's either him or Trey Turner. Those are the – but you make a good point, man. Gray – with that speed, I don't know where people have Gray, and I'm sure he just helped himself today with mm-hmm. what he did at the combine. So uh, the chances of him slipping to day three are probably slim to none. Fair, fair. All right, Jake, I think that's going to do it. We've made it through, uh, headaches included. Mm-hmm. We've got through our top fives, we got through our honorable mentions, and then our last resorts, if you will. Uh, anything else you want to tell the good people before we sign off and let them digest this episode? I'm so glad we're done with this episode. That may be the that just should be my sign off right there. I'm so glad we're done with this episode. As much as I enjoy talking about each one of these guys, this is like a blessing and a curse for how many guys there actually is that you could potentially see that could match up 
very, very well in the Chargers and Brandon Staley scheme. It's speed a good and yak is yes, speed and yak is of no shortage in this draft with these wide receiver class. So um day one, day two, day three, be excited because the Chargers could potentially take a wide receiver on any of those days as it relates to how the draft board falls and what their needs are, obviously. So I'm happy that we finally closed the book on the wide receivers for now. I'm sure we will definitely be talking about this a lot more between now and April 28th as it relates to the wide receivers. But Dan, I am now sick to death of talking about wide receivers and it is time to change positions. So our next position on the docket is corner back, uh-huh. which there's a ton of corners that we get to go through. Uh, just get, just get the, just get these all, ones all out of the way. <laughs> yes. Why does he corner? Probably the one two. headache to another. Yeah. We we're saying a headache in the best of ways, because like there are so many guys in these positions that are good. There are also a lot of guys who aren't very good, but again, we gave lists who we think are best fit for this team. Uh, Honestly, Jake, I'm still kind of processing what happened today. So, like, I might wake up in the morning and have like a completely different top ten list, but that's okay. We can we can do another new episode later as we just get closer to the draft. But for now, you can find Jake T Hefner at Jake T Hefner on Twitter. You can find myself at Chargers Homer on Twitter. Again, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe there. Check us out on LA Football Network as well. You'll see a whole bunch of draft content being posted there in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to draft day. But until then, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Chargers Unleashed, we'll be talking to you next time as we go through all things cornerback on the next Chargers Unleashed. Uh. Man. So the good thing about this is, Dan. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Seriously, who's blowing up my phone? Oh, yeah. Powerball. Big news. Powerball now draws three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim.